The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Angel Tarot Show with best-selling author and Angel Tarot expert, Radley Valentine. Plan your week ahead with gentle guidance from your angels, combined with the wisdom of Tarot, and create the magical life you deserve. Hey everybody, it is Radley Valentine here with the Angel Tarot Show, and I've got my friend and guru, Mooney Syed, with me today. Hello, Rad. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. So we are going to be talking today about demystifying the spiritual industry. Is that right? It is totally right. And I think it is absolutely the time to be talking about this. And it's fun because everybody kind of thinks that the, the spirituality and the spiritual industry and what you do and what other teachers do should be shrouded in mystery. And it's all part of this like this spiritual connection. And some of it is absolutely that I've seen you Mm -hmm. personally channel archangels and every, like, you know, every, how do you want to put it? It wasn't even, it wasn't angel bumps. It was like, you could feel the energy radiating off of you. You know what I mean? If you're standing in the room, I could feel myself drifting towards the stage. (laughs) (laughs) So there is definitely magic and mystery in what everybody does, but perfectly balanced with that is totally down to earth, grounded, normal human things. And so we just want to like smush that together and pull it apart and show you exactly what's happening behind the scenes. And it seems like a good time to talk about it because some of you might be thinking, maybe I should start my own tarot business. Maybe I should start my own Oracle reading business. Maybe I should give out angel messages. Maybe I should go speak in front of people. Maybe I should be an energy healer. So whatever it is that you feel called to do, Now's the time to do it. And we want to be able to answer some questions and kind of, uh, how do we want to put it? Like you said, guru, I like to think of like spiritual Sherpa. Like we know where you want to go. I'm just going to be handing you tools and Rad's going to be opening your eyes, opening your heart, opening your mind to get you where you need to go faster and easier than you ever thought possible. So that's what we're trying to do here. Just in case anyone was wondering. Yes, that is what we're trying to do. So one of the things about, about this is literally true. Okay. It's literally true that. There's a person very, very, very high up at Hay House who has an Excel spreadsheet. And this is such a thing that I would do. This is such a thing that I would do. In this Excel spreadsheet are all these columns for, you know, what it, what the pieces of Hay House is, what the pieces of the spiritual publishing industry is. And there is a column called woo-woo. <laughs> 
and I'm in it. <laughs> you are proudly in, in it. You are the founding one of the founding members of the woo woo column. <laughs> I am def I am definitely in the woo woo column. That that person at Hay House who has that Excel spreadsheet, she showed me the Excel spreadsheet <laughs> and showed me that my name was in the woo woo column. And I have to tell you, I wouldn't want to be in any other column anyway. This is the most like, fun column. Yeah, right. I mean, that column has got like, you know, Colette Baron-Reed and, and John Holland and yeah. Denise Lynn. It's, it's like, this is a fun column. <laughs> <laughs> so we're inviting you into the woo-woo column, I think is what we're trying to say. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about the woo-woo column at least a little bit, because what Radley's touching on is something that I don't think many people who are fans of spirituality realize that spirituality is itself a subcategory of a lot of other categories, but even inside of spirituality, there are many categories. And I think you kind of know this just from seeing it, but maybe if we pull it out of the blind spot a little bit and talk about it, that you'll start to understand that there is a channel and there are certain people who follow you know, angels. There is a channel mm-hmm. and people do tarot. There's a channel and people do face clearing or, you know what I mean? It, it, there's no shortage of, of different topics and different facets of this incredible spiritual experience we're all having, you know, while we're here. Wait, human experience? We're going to have to fix this one. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Human experience right. Yeah, but there's so many different ways to be viewing that that kind of experience through spirituality and through self-work and through all the things that we've taught, you know, been taught over the last, like, I don't know, hundreds of years, thousands of years of what it means to be in touch with that bigger part of yourself. But the way it kind of works now is that it's a business, right? And I think that's the first Mm -hmm. kind of reveal that we have to make here is that as much as we'd like to think that spirituality operates at like a different, like a different wavelength, when it comes down to it, it's still based on numbers and how things perform and how successful they are and what kind of money that they make and what kind of traction they get. And is it hot right now as a topic or is it something that's kind of on its way out and it needs to kind of go away for a little bit before it comes back? You know, so I think that's that's kind of like a an aha moment I'd like everybody listening to at least consider is that it's not this magical castle sitting on a cloud, you know, where the pantheon of spiritual teachers all gather in their white robes <laughs> and their golden crowns. You know what I mean? Like, I think that there's, I'm legitimately serious. I think there's people who kind of think of it that way. And <laughs> Now entering the hall of the angel teachers. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so perfect. But I think I legitimately think that on some level, some of us think that is that it's so unreachable, that it's so far away, that it's so unattainable, that it's not for us humans down here on earth to even try to ascend to this level of spiritual teachers. And it's been that way for a long time because that's how you know, they wanted it to be, or that's how the system worked, I think, for a long time. But it's very different now. So I'm really curious, Rad, when you first kind of like entered the space of being a spiritual teacher, entered the halls of Hay House, mm-hmm. kind of, what did it feel like? What did it look like? What was the kind of vibe of that whole experience? Um, I was in awe. Yeah, I was. I was totally in awe. You walk into Hay House, and there's the, the, um, the receptionist, and if you veer right around the receptionist, there was this wall. And it had at the very top was a picture of Wayne Dyer and a picture of Louise Hay. Yes. And obviously and the, Louise. Yeah. Obviously Louise. But they were at the top. So they were their pictures were at the let me 
getting back on the screen for those who are watching this. They were at the top of the of the of the wall, and then down below it was like all the other people: Marianne Williamson, Cheryl Richardson, Denise Lynn. You know, all these pictures were there, and behind you was Hay House Radio. Mm-hmm. And it was all, it was a glass wall and you could see all the equipment and all the people that were working on Hay House Radio. And I am going to get angel bumps from the, the, just discussing this because I was totally in awe. I couldn't believe it. You know, I, I'm like standing there. I've got, you know, a Hay House contract. I'm looking at the wall and going, I wonder if I'll be on that wall ever. You know, I met Reed Tracy, you know, the president of Hay House. And, you know, and he took me in his office and sat and talked to me. And then they introduced me to everybody. You know, basically someone took me on a tour. It might have been Molly, maybe. I don't, but someone took me on a tour and introduced me to everybody. And I just, could, I was pinching myself. I literally could not believe that I was there. And it is magical but there is an accounting department in Hay House. Yeah. Right. There's an accounting department. There is. There's a sales department. There's a marketing department. There's editorial, of course. There are artists. But, you know, the president of Hay House is a CPA. He is. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like they look at all of that. I get reports, you know, I get reports twice a year saying, these these are the things that did really, really well. And this is the stuff that's just meh. <laughs> I don't have a lot of meh, luckily, thankfully. Where's wood? <laughs> <laughs> I don't most of my stuff does really, really well, which is why I keep getting contract after contract after contract after contract, because Hay House is like, you're really making the money roll in here. And so please keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And that's why I've got 10 decks and three books and all these video classes and Three more decks lined up for the future. And God knows what will happen after that. Because to be honest with you, I don't think I'll ever stop writing. I just don't think I will. I think that's the, even when I go into retirement, I think I'll be like a deck a year. Yeah. You know? And I I'm think just, people are relieved to hear that, to be honest. Well, because thank you. <laughs> we all want more decks. I don't want to just sit around. So, right. <laughs> we'll finally get the Archangels of Ice Cream Oracle deck, I think is what we're saying, is that yeah, it will finally you reach will. that. Eventually. Yeah, that's what that's, I've been waiting for. Yes, yes. Archangel Fudgiel. Yes, and, Archangel uh, Raphael of the Mint Chocolate Chip Variety. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I want to counter counterbalance Radley's experience of walking into Hay House from when I walked into Hay House. So oh. I started working there in 2012 or 13, and, you know, I had that same kind of moment. You walk in the front doors, Lupe, shout out to Lupe at the front desk because that's Lupe. who was always there. Um, <laughs> and, you know, she was so awesome. And, you know, absolutely that same feeling of like, you go and look at this wall and it really did feel like you were looking at this kind of, it's not altars, not the right way to look at it, but this kind of like just pantheon. It's the only way I can describe it with Louise and Wayne like there. And then all these other teachers that are just huge names that have changed so many people's lives. I think Mm -hmm. I was very aware of that. And it was a little bit like hallowed ground, even though you're in the middle of a business park in, you know, like North County, San Diego, you know what I mean? Like you had to, you got to set the stage. We're not floating on a cloud. We're not on Mount Olympus. Like we're in a, we're in an office park. And 
you know, you get in there and you do like you, the, there was a magic kind of area around the radio station because it was this big glass bubble and there was so many fun things that were happening in there. And so many people were being able to interact with teachers that they never would have been able to interact with otherwise. So you could feel the magic from there. But yeah, aside from that, it was cubicles and offices and break rooms and kitchens. And, you know, there was a, a couple of, you know, bathrooms and you could, you could shower if you needed to, if you went to the gym or whatever on your break, which a lot of people did. There were a lot of people that meditated uh, in the afternoon. I'm guilty of being one of those people. Although I was the one that would always fall asleep and would be snoring in the middle of the meditation. Uh, but anyone listening that was there at the time, they know who they know who they are. And there was like a little little area that we would film some videos in. And then there was like a big junky warehouse that was off the side of it. You know what I mean? So it was mm-hmm. a very normal office and we did very woo-woo things. But it's good to kind of balance those two things out so that you understand on one level, yes, Rad, you were entering the halls of this like huge journey that you were going to be on, but it was also on earth as well. Like that there was very much like earthly things that were happening because it was a business, right? And as you were saying, it's like there was an accounting department, the accounting department had certain jobs it had to do. There was a sales department, you know, there was an events department, there was the online course department, the video department, the marketing department, this, that, and we all kind of worked together to be able to create this flow of information going out to people who were looking for that flow of information. And you have to imagine too, for me anyway, you were stepping out of your second round of accounting at this time? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was stepping out of, I just traveled the world with Tony Robbins for six years and I'm burnt out and I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to travel anymore. Right. It was like, oh, I don't want, I, I need to like do something else. And so this, you know, opportunity came up through a friend of a friend to try something on a project at Hay House. They liked it so much that I got offered a job there. And now all of a sudden I'm here taking this like raw, raw, like super, you know, uh, how do you want to put it? Super forceful personal development, like six mm. foot seven giant guy that yells at you all the time. And then coming over to the land of like fairies and angels <laughs> and psychics. <laughs> so it was like that. total culture shock for me. However... I think that there was a certain through line between the Tony Robbins experience and the Hay House experience in that Tony's communication style or the communication style of like traditional personal development is like, you got to do this to get that. It's very linear, right? It's like, do this thing that I'm telling you exactly how to do, like a coach would tell you, run over there, grab the ball, throw the ball, right? So it's do this thing and you get the result and then, you know, move on to the next thing and I'll keep coaching you and doing the thing and, you know, do A, get B every time. and that whole world, there's not a lot of room for kind of like what if or changing perspectives or too much. It's all very kind of, again, linear and forceful. And then what took me a long time to kind of get under, get myself kind of into was this more like softer, rounder, feminine approach of here are all of these different things that you can explore. And it's almost just like pick the ones that resonate with you. And that's the right one. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to tell you what to do. We're not going to tell you what to do. We're not going to force you to do anything. We're not going to push you to do anything. All we're saying is, is like, here are all these different facets of what you could explore. And we're going to bring you the best of the best to teach you these things. And you just pick whatever you love and just follow that path until you pick something else or follow that path until you find something out or follow the path, which was really hard for me to do. It was hard to shift out of, you know, like this kind of like, do this, get that. Just don't, don't ask any questions, just do it into this kind of like, let's explore everything model. But very quickly, I think I learned how effective this was for people out there that had given up on everything else, 
or people who didn't resonate with that hardcore approach or people who were told you have to do it this way, but something in them was screaming, that's not how I want to do it. You know, so I think that we became, I don't want to say island of misfit toys, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like for everybody who the approach didn't work in the quote unquote traditional world of personal development or transformational change or whatever that stuff is, Hay House to me felt like home because it was like, oh, nobody's telling me what to do. You know what I mean? Like it was very much like a moment of like, oh, wow, I really just get to choose my own path, choose my own adventure in all of this. And it made me feel like I was home. So that was my experience of walking in the doors over there. Well, you know, and it's it it really is very much a masculine versus a feminine. Well, not versus, but you know, Tony Robbins' things are masculine. Yeah. And Louise Hayes' stuff was feminine. I yeah. mean, and run by a woman, run by a man, you know, and so you had that, you know. And in fact, it's like very shortly, in fact, I'm gonna take that back. That same trip, okay, where I went to the offices for the first time, I also went to Louise Hayes' 80th birthday party. Oh, yeah, I've heard. So, I've heard legends of that party. Oh, t- t- talk about like being in awe and being blown away because it's like ev- no one missed that party. Everyone was there. Everyone. And I remember that someone at Hay House was saying, well, who do you want to meet? And my answer was, I don't care if I meet anyone so long as I meet Denise Lynn. I am here (laughs) to meet Denise. I want to meet Denise Lynn. And the person was like, okay, here we go. So we went off and there was Denise Lynn and I I was starting, I was stuttering and I was like, and I'm like, I said, I'm so sorry, I'm going to gush. And she's like, I love it when people gush. Go ahead, gush. <laughs> of course she did. But, and well, you know, and then that's the thing. Shit. It's like Denise Lynn is the real deal. She yeah. is not somebody different. Some of them are not the people they portray. And this list will never be released. Never, ever, ever will it be released. <laughs> but some people are just not who they portray. But yeah. Denise is exactly who she portrays. And most of them are. And, but they're all just people. That's the thing. They're just people. That's they're- exactly what I was going to say is, is you have to in the same vein as again, walking into that party and everybody being there. And I just want to meet Denise Lynn. Everyone that there was, it was a person they had to have flights arranged, they had to have cars arranged, they squabbled over who got first class versus <laughs> business versus whatever. I mean, I'm assuming all these, they were all things that had to be sorted out and sort of figured out. They didn't all arrive on a magical, you know, uh, carriage that was originally a pumpkin drawn by eight white horses like that didn't happen it might have it could have happened if there was the zoning for it i'm sure one or two of the people would have shown up that way way. but they all came in cars you know so it was it's a very it is and i guess the purpose of why i keep kind of like point counterpointing it and you're kind of doing it too is like to help understand that like yes there is magic and we need to acknowledge and embrace the magic of what this industry is and what it can do to help people and how it can transform lives and like all of that. But you have to firmly plant another foot in the reality of it's a business that requires certain things that has expectations, that has numbers, that has reports, that has logistics, that has like all of the stuff that would go into a quote unquote normal. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, 
Hogwarts does have a muggle division. Yes. (laughs) It does. Hogwarts has a division that studies the muggles, right? They do. And they have a bank, right? Where where all the the little guys run around pulling gold out, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're they're not using Excel. They're using parchment and feathers and quills and stuff. But it's the same idea. (laughs) This is the same idea. It's the same idea. You know, and many, I think it, it, it bears calling out that without doing saying any names, is that putting spiritual teachers on pedestals is an error in judgment. Yeah. It's a mistake. So and much it, of a mistake. Yeah. It, it's a big mistake because if that person falls off the pedestal, a lot of people get hurt. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have their hearts ripped out. And I think you know, we had this happen not too long ago. And I hope that what, if nothing else, what people got from that experience was never do it again. Yeah. A spiritual teacher is someone who walks with you, right? Walks with you. Spiritual teachers learn from the students and the students learn from the teachers and it's all just one big beautiful magical woo woo walk it's not supposed to be someone's out front in the parade and everybody is worshiping that person don't do it you know not even denise lynn okay yeah and she i don't think (laughs) she she wouldn't like it no she she would not like that no 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 she would not like that at all and and i think it for me it was easy because I was in planning meetings with these teachers. I was on phone calls with these teachers. I was mapping out courses with them and haggling over, you know, like which which title to use for the program and trying to figure out dates for filming and dates for recording and how many people do we want to have in it. And, you know, so there was there was never that moment for me to be in in that kind of putting anyone on a pedestal because I had to like work with them in such a human way to create the online courses or to launch the stuff that we were talking about. So I feel very weirdly blessed to have not entered the the kind of arena as a fan of everything, but to have been able to see the nuts and bolts of it almost immediately to mm-hmm. say, okay, I can figure out how to launch this or launch that or do this or do that. And that's kind of how you and I collided the first mm-hmm. time was that, you know, there had been this thing where we realized that courses that offered certification sold a lot better than courses yep. that didn't. And it didn't quite click for us as to why the certification was important because we couldn't see it from that angle of you want to be able to walk away from a course and be certified to do something, which means we've got to elevate what the courses are offering so that you do feel certified to do something. And that's where CACR came from that's was right. that was that this this angel card deck was selling like crazy. Angel Tarot was selling like crazy. It was super popular. It was beautiful. I remember one of the first weekends I was at Hay House. Funnily enough, I didn't want to travel, but they sent me to Toronto. And um, (laughs) I was like, how did this happen? I think it was Toronto. It was either Toronto or Vancouver. I can't remember. But but anyway, and I have a funny Louise story about that too. Uh, So, you know, like I, I go to this event and I had, again, no idea. I just want to be really clear with everybody no idea what Hay House was about. And they're sending me on a plane to an I can do it conference to like work and understand what's happening. They put me at the bookstore. And I, when I tell you, like, I have never seen people clamoring to get their hands on a copy of something, you know, like uh, using divining rods and pendulums to figure out which card deck to buy. 
And there's lines of people building up all around. There's just like a crazy amount of people. And it was so incredible to watch. And I really have to hand it to fans of spirituality and the people who are going to those I Can Do It's, which, Rad, do you want to tell everybody really quickly about your I Can Do It news? I Can Do It is back. I Can Do It is back. (laughs) It's it's back. It's going to start. The first one's going to be in Tampa, Florida in May, and I will be there. So I am super psyched because I miss my peeps. I haven't seen them in years and I want to hug their necks (laughs) until they turn blue because I miss them. So I'm excited about that. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. So yeah, you heard it here. It's been around and people are hearing about it, but if you haven't been to an I Can Do It or you've never been or you're missing the I Can Do It, definitely go and sign up for Radley's Breakout. But um, <laughs> but, but what I would tell you, it's like I had just never seen people love something so much before. Yeah. yeah, It was different at Tony Robbins. It was not that same kind of thing. It was very corporate and like, you know, buy this pocket, this box that has these this 18-week program. It wasn't like buy this beautiful candy-coated beautiful tarot card deck that's going to bring you nothing but joy and laughter you know like that didn't exist it was all like hard work over there and here it was fun and joy and exploration but I just don't think I was ready for that and when I saw it again I eventually got there and was like oh this is home but it took me a minute to just be like what is this why are people so into this why is everybody fighting over this angel tarot deck you know like (laughs) what's going on here and it it very quickly became clear to me through working with you rad through that course and then through uh just seeing the emails coming back from all the courses is that you know number one at that time and this is 2013 14 right would have been somewhere somewhere around then 12 13 14 mm-hmm. yeah the world was slightly different than it is now not as many people were comfortable talking about spirituality <clears throat> not as many people were you know comfortable talking they were talking about angels because that was always around but they weren't talking about it in the sense of you know, tarot, and they weren't really thinking about it, like energy healing, and they weren't doing a lot of the things that we're all taking just as face value now is like, oh, it was always this way. It was still an outlier, I think, 10 years ago. It was, it was. And, you know, one of the things, because I I really want to make sure I say this, I think one of the things that Hay House was doing really, really well back then was Hay House Radio. Mm-hmm. You know, Diane and Steve and Mitch and all the people that were, you know, Rocky. in that yeah. in Rocky in that booth, you know, the, all the people that were in that booth, because it did connect all the, the people who were who were seeking mm-hmm. with the teachers. You know, I got on with my headsets and I talked to people and I did readings for them. And I I love that. I love that. And it's one of the reasons why I'm so happy to have a podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm is because this is bringing it back. Yeah. Right. It's bringing it back for me, this opportunity to like touch people in some way. Yeah. So, you know, but you're right. It was like, it, it is different now, 
because we went through, you know, a, a global change. Mm-hmm. We went through a global change and that was challenging even to me because I, you know, you know, I'm a recovering certified public accountant. I knew the way to do it before. The way to do it before was to be on Hay House Radio, you know, to like have a Facebook page and have all of this stuff, but it all really changed. The the world almost like rocked a bit on its axis. And that's where, you know, I started to feel like I was losing it, right? Not not right. losing it, but but I was like, I don't know how to do what I'm supposed to be doing. You were slipping a little bit. The tires were yeah. starting to slip a little. Yeah, yeah. I, I need I, new I tires. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's I think that was it. It's like there are cycles and there are there are changes in the way that, that people approach the information. There's changes in the way people were treating books and there were changes yep. in the way that people were treating online courses. And that, that was the shift, I think, is at the time that, that you and I were first working together, that things were shifting into this online course mode. Yeah, um, There have been companies that were doing it, but Hay House really had never gone in that direction. And the exciting part for me was is to be able to step into this in this incredible group of teachers and this incredible organization and start taking some of the best-selling products and turning them into best-selling courses to like add another dimension to a card deck or to add another dimension to a book and help create conversation around it. And then like you're saying just now, creating community around it. That mm-hmm. was really it. You know, I think that's the the mode that everything shifted into. And then it reached its peak, I think, in the middle of the pandemic where there was literally nothing else to do. You know, that there was nothing else for you to do and it didn't feel necessarily safe to be outside or out doing anything anywhere. And so it was an appropriate time for us to all hunker down and then spend time focusing on things that make us feel good and that we love. And then now that that kind of three plus year period is, I mean, March, 20, March is going to be March. three years, right? Yeah. So now that we're kind of coming to it, the the close on that, I think several things are starting to become clear to me is that number one, Tons and tons of people are awakening to the fact that organized religion isn't where it's at for them anymore. And it's more about spiritual exploration and self-work and self-care. I think that's become really, really clear just based on what you see out there. I mean, I was watching the local news at a diner that I was getting breakfast at, and they were interviewing an energy healer in upstate New York and talking about chakras. And I was like, all right, all right. I think we've arrived. You know, we've arrived. Like, it's happened. You're seeing it happen in other company, other countries that didn't really ever go there that often, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden they're having this huge uptick in spirituality and spiritual seeking, and all the teachers. You know, I don't know, Rad, if you've seen more of your work being translated into languages for the first time over the last little bit. If that kind of matches with what we're seeing out there. Last time I looked, I'm in 26 languages. Yeah, I mean, think about that. 26 languages. It's like, you know, Alexandra sends me these card decks. (laughs) Hi, Alexandra in the UK. And she'll write on it because I don't know. She'll write Polish (laughs) or she'll write German, you know, Ukrainian. And 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 you have to imagine, I mean, the way that it was explained to me is that like in Europe, in some cases, spirituality is like maybe five, six, seven, up to 10 years behind where we're at in the US in terms of thoughts, concepts, and ideas. So somebody opening an angel card deck in Germany right now 
that could be the first part of a journey that opens up an entirely new international experience of friends and connections that they would never have had before. Right. Same thing when it's in Korean, same thing when it's in Polish, same thing when it shows up in Japanese. any other language and mm -hmm. Japanese. It's opening the door to people to be able to connect about Archangel Metatron from all these different languages and cultures to be able to share their love of that in a community and be able to make friends that was what I became about. I think with the courses, it was really clear. I was having a crisis of consciousness because I, we were selling these psychic courses and I didn't know how I felt about it because in my family, my grandmother was very superstitious. And it was like, don't cross the veil. Don't cross the veil. Like, don't do that. I got caught playing with a Ouija board one time and I got in big time trouble. So it was kind of ingrained in me that it's bad, right? And it took working with a teacher who you know and love, John Holland, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to kind of break through the concept of, I interpreted what she was saying as it was bad. Her exact words were, don't reach through the veil because you don't know what you're going to pull back, or what's going to come back with you. And I interpreted that as bad. But when you change the interpretation of that statement, if you're reaching through the veil, you don't know what's going to come back with you. Magical, wonderful, amazing, beautiful things could come back. Mm -hmm. just as easily as superstition and like all the other stuff that was there. So I flipped that working with John on this course that we were launching. And I remember I was just like beside myself because it was the first psychic course I'd ever launched. And I just needed a sign. And I was sitting at my desk in my cube, like in the center of like that back area at Hay House. Uh -huh. And I was just like looking at the ceiling. And I was like, I just need a sign. I just need a sign that this is the right thing. I don't know. And I'm like hot and sweaty and getting all upset. And I hear a little bling on my computer. And it was a email notification from somebody in the customer service department saying, hey, I think you should see this. And it was a note from a woman named Joanne. And she said, I wanted to reach out to you and say, thank God for you and whoever's putting on this course, because she was talking about me without knowing it, because otherwise my life would be like, uh, my life seems so small. I have mobility issues. I can't travel. I can't be with people who believe the same things that I do. And so these courses are, are you know, saving my life, God essentially, is what I said. Right. And I just started like ugly crying at my desk because I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like how often do you get, you know, that, that immediate notification? Like when you're like, I just need a sign. Can you please give me one? And then one shows up. Like how, how wonderful, right? I don't say how weird anymore, it's, how wonderful. No, how wonderful. And, yeah. and the thing is, is that the more that you ingrain yourself yeah. into angels and tarot or whatever you love, the more you ingrain yourself in, the more often those symbols happen, those signs happen, where it's literally just like that, where you're like going, I just need a sign. And you pull up and the license plate in front of you says 444. Yeah. Which to me now means calm down. <laughs> That's why the 444 has wavered from your angels are with you because I got that memo to calm down, Radley. <laughs> we have this. Just calm down. Everything is doing exactly what it needs to do. Yeah, I love that. I guess then to like wrap all of that up, it's like, where do we think the spiritual industry is going? Um, I have my thoughts. I'm just curious. Where do you think you see it going? I I think that at least for the foreseeable future, we are going to be seeing more video courses than live events. Mm -hmm. I think that the live events are coming back, but I think that there is a some sort of kind of preference for smaller events than bigger events. So people wanting to like, 
be in a room with a spiritual teacher that they feel drawn to and there not be 350 people, that there's 90 people or 50 or even 30 where they feel like, okay, I really get to interact with this person. I really get to hear what they have to say. I really get to get possibly get their advice, their counsel directly to what they want. And, and that happens in video courses too. But, you know, I, th- I think that as the live events come back, there's a sense of smaller rather than larger. Mm-hmm. And I think that, the technology, just like this podcast, for example, you know, it's like the technology is driving the spiritual community into arenas that they might not have been in the arena of, like my decks being apps, right? Or your decks being on TV shows. Or my decks being on, you know, it did happen, didn't it? (laughs) It sure did. (laughs) It sure did. It multiple times actually if we're yes. we're adding them all up yeah yeah so and um, that's what i think what do you think similar to that i think that the big events are going to take some time to recover i just yeah. from talking to other friends that are doing events in all sorts of industries those big big ones are not necessarily always doing what they need to but the tinier more boutique smaller events are doing well and so what i want everyone out there that's listening to this or that's watching this to kind of think about is okay, my barrier to entry to be able to do an event is a lot lower now than it would have been 10 years ago. I don't need to have 300 people at my event. I could get away with having 20. Mm -hmm. You know, so when you're going to the bookstores in your town or you're going to the libraries to find locations where you might be able to teach a class that it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg to be there, you know, start thinking about it as like a success is getting 10 people. Your level of success could be five people. It could be one person. I did events in Los Angeles when I was first starting out that only one person showed up at. And I loved them because I could focus all of my time and and attention on that person and then kind of pull them along through the process and get great testimonials and like watch their progress and all the stuff that they wanted to do and sometimes help more than I'd be able to. What I'm seeing is definitely the smaller events are, are working. So think about that when you're thinking about what you want to do. I also think that practitionership is getting really, really, really lucrative for people that everybody goes and has these like big experiences, right? So say you go to an I can do it and you go and you're in a room with a couple hundred people and it's amazing and the energy uplifts you and you get that kind of that angel high that we were talking about that you get really excited about it and you connect back with that part of you that's maybe been missing or you wanted to get some information from or, you know, you just needed to reconnect with. Uh, But then you get home and you're like, well, how do I make this last? And that's where I think people are looking for that personal touch of working with someone who's either gotten certified by Radley or certified by another teacher to be able to go and get a reading from them. So there's opportunity for you there to start capitalizing on all the certifications that you have to be able to take all of that and start putting yourself out there as someone who can do these types of readings and be really successful at it. Um, And so that's kind of where we're going with all of this. That's what we've been talking about for a while. But also the people who are out there now doing practitionership, if you're hearing again, that small events are things that people want. If you've been doing it for a long time, chances are you've got a decent sized list or a decent sized following on social media. It doesn't have to be thousands and thousands. It could be like 100 people. It could be 50 people. You know, it doesn't matter what the size of that group is. It just matters that those channels are open and you can start creating more things. And that's something we're dedicated to helping all of you do is to lift yourself out of practitionership 
if you're there and start focusing and pointing you towards bigger things. And if you haven't started at all and you just want to get started, lifting you up out of that into practitionership and getting you there faster and easier than you ever thought possible. So that's sort of the vibe of where I'm seeing everything go is that we're going to have a lot more people stepping into their own spotlight as practitioners. And we're going to see a lot of those practitioners that have been around for a while that weren't quite sure how to kick things up to another level start breaking through. And, you know, all of the teachers at Hay House, everybody that's been involved in the industry for a long time, they're not going anywhere and their legacies are going to live on forever and ever and ever. But there's more room for everybody. There's in, in my mind, the way I look at it is that spirituality wants there to be all of these people out there doing it. The universe wants everybody out there sharing their gifts and being who they are and expressing themselves. And so if that's true, then there's room for everybody at the table. You know, so I want to just keep reminding everybody that even though there's tons of other angel teachers out there, nobody teaches it quite like you do. Even though there's tons of energy healers out there, no one's going to teach it like you do. And Rad, we've talked about this before. It's really because your personality, your personal experience, your stories, your breakthroughs, your breakdowns, your heartache, your everything is going to make that magical and special for the right people, the people who are looking for that, you know, that same vibration and what works for some people isn't going to work for others. And that's okay. Let them go and find their perfect teacher or, you know, the teacher that they're going to work with for this part of the journey or someone who can walk beside them on their own. So I, I guess that's, that's where I see it going. It's like everybody just awakening the fact that we should all be doing it. There's room for everybody. There's success for everybody. And, you know, start thinking outside of the four walls of whatever it is that you're doing and thinking about events and thinking about, you know, coaching programs and thinking about bigger bites for people to learn and grow with you is kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. And a side note, I think the reason that people want certifications Mm -hmm. is because it's personal empowerment. Yeah, They think it's to show it to the world, but it's really to show it to themselves that they could do it. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. That's what I think. But, you know, Beyond that, you're right, because it's like there are seven and a half billion people on planet Earth, seven and a half growing yeah, and growing too fast, but nevertheless growing. And, you know, it's like, would I love to like be able to like, you know, share angel love to all seven and a half billion? Of course I would. But that's not possible. A, I don't speak Russian, you know, B, I don't speak German. I don't speak French. I used to speak French, but I lost it. But it's like. Also, on top of that, you're right. It's it is it's also a personality thing. There are other angel teachers. I can think of three right right in my mind. The four of us all have very different personalities. We really do. And so, some people reach out to Radley. Some people reach out to Diana Cooper. Some people reach out to Laura Dern. But you know, we're all so different. That's the brilliance of it. That's the magic of it, is that there are people that I can reach, and there are people that you who are listening or watching right now can reach that maybe I can't. Because Mooney is right. Spirit wants as many voices in its different ways reaching out to people to heal them, to help them, to help them have a magical life as many as possible. Yeah, as possible. And in the process, you as the teacher or the practitioner or the person that's stepping out there can have your own Mm -hmm. magical life and find your own Mm -hmm. healing. I think about this all the time. I've healed 
you know, in the last couple of years since, you know, the, the course that I had built in Switzerland and like all the classes that I've taught here in the States, like it has healed me. It has made me aware of things that even I was not aware of. These conversations on this podcast that we're doing are healing me. And I know that it's similar for you. It's like it's it's being able to express all these things, see it from another angle, see it through the lens of right now, see it through the lens of, of you know, the, the present moment and be able to say, okay, I know why this happened. I know why this experience happened to me. I know why I had this healing. I know why I had this breakthrough. I know why I had this breakdown. It was so that I could go on and help other people. But in the process, I'd also be helping myself. So that's, I mean, I think we've demystified much more than the spiritual industry here. Uh, <laughs> but but to get the point across, right, Rad, is that we just want to say, it's like, I, I totally agree. If you take nothing away from listening to us, you know, uh, talk for the last little bit here, it's that spiritual teachers don't need to be put on a pedestal. You don't have to be afraid of climbing up on a pedestal. You don't have to do any of this stuff. You can learn from all the mistakes of the past and not do it that way create a spiritual career for yourself in a way that makes sense for you in a way that fulfills you and brings you joy in a way where you get to express everything you want to express and you can heal everything that you want to heal and you can put your own oxygen mask on first and you can still help other people uh, and you can be financially abundant and you can be just abundant in general and full of joy and do it on your own terms but a lot of that's going to have to do with you letting go of this concept that, you know, Hay House is this magic castle in the sky and that, you know, like there's, uni- well, I don't want to say that there's not unicorns because we know there are, but, um, <laughs> but that, you know, that, that it's unattainable. I want you to remember that like every single, that, what's the way they put it? It's like everybody puts their pants on the same, like just as you, we're all going to have to like be humans. We are all humans. We're all expressing ourselves. We're all going through it. A lot of the teachers you know and love have struggled through some of the things that you've struggled through, mm-hmm. that I've struggled through, that Rad struggled through. Like it's, we're all human and we're doing this thing and we're having fun doing it. And you get to be a part of that. You just got to choose to do it. That's it. You have to choose. No big deal, right? <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> Okay, so seriously, though, if you do want to choose to do this, and if you think this is something that you want to explore or something in this resonates with you, I would like to invite you and Radley and I would like to invite you to a three part training. Uh, And you just got to come over to RadleyValentine.com forward slash biz B-I-Z. And all the information you need is there. So I hope you'll join us if you're listening to this at any time, uh, wherever you are in the universe, please join us. It'll be a lot of fun. And Rad, anything you want to wrap up with? And it's free. It's free. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If you're afraid that you're going to go to the webpage and see something that says $100,000, you're not. You're going to see free. (laughs) And we're doing that because I think really clearly part of your mission and part of my mission align in this kind of removing the fear out of the process of doing this. You know, so I think that's really it. I, I don't want people to feel alone. You want to remove the fear. I find that to be the warm and happy, golden, glowing, safe bubble that we can explore these thoughts and concepts inside of. So come on into the bubble. You know, it's magical in here. (laughs) It it really is. It really is. It's fun inside the bubble. Shout out, Anita Morjani. Hi. Big shout out. (laughs) out. It's fun inside the bubble. It is fun inside the bubble. Well, thank you. I've been in, I've been loving the bubble right here. So yes, I'm loving Let's the bubble too. It. So y'all, um, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, don't forget that we are still doing energetic weather reports. It's just we're doing them in separate podcasts. So go look for them at mindbodyspirit.fm. 
FM. In the meantime, I hope you guys have a magical week. You've been listening to the Angel Tarot Show with Radley Valentine. To discover more, visit RadleyValentine.com slash podcast. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.